in a moment we're going to, to watch the, the major of the three videos where quite a few ministers and church people will get a chance to talk on this subject of fellowship. But before we do that, we're going to read a, a short Bible passage together from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. A lot of you will know particularly the second half of this, uh, this passage. But what I want to point out to you before we read it I want you to listen particularly careful to the first half. Listen carefully to the first half and see how that is, is the reason why the second half's there at all. When Paul writes to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, he, he uses the second half of that passage to, to bolster his argument, which is in the first half. So Brian Nixon is going to come and read it for us. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. One, sorry, <coughs> who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And let every tongue confess that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And this is the word of God. Thank you, Brian. You see how that passage works? That very famous part, that our attitude should be the same of that, as that of Christ Jesus. It's an argument to encourage us in our fellowship. The example of Christ and his, his servant heart, his submissive nature, Paul suggests that that is, is a, a necessary quality where there is to be fellowship. Thank you, Brian. We're just going to show the, the third of these videos now. As I said last week, this one will last a little bit longer. It's about 15 minutes. great strengths of PWA and Young Women's Groups is that they provide an opportunity for Christian women to come together and work together for the Kingdom of Christ. At the heart of this is fellowship, yet fellowship within our churches sometimes appears to be a very pale shadow 
of what God intended it to be. For this reason, authentic fellowship was one of the three main themes chosen for the Get a Life conference at Coleraine. What follows was produced for an afternoon seminar at which delegates examined the place of fellowship within their own congregation. I hope that you will find this material interesting and benefit from discussing some of the issues raised by it. Rodney, you did a good enough job getting those interviews. You've earned your first pay packet. Ten pounds per week as agreed. Thanks. Uh, I, I needed this because my mommy says I have to contribute to my keep now that I'm 32. There's only three pounds in here. What happened to the rest? Deductions, of course. For what? There's an explanatory sheet. What's this? Parking? But I don't have a car. Rodney, you can't expect to use the bike shed for free. Sacrifice, Rodney, sacrifice. That's what this company is all about. When I asked for a ride in your BMW, you nearly ran me over. Your bicycle wouldn't have gone on the boot. Anyway, this gives me an idea. Go out and compile a report on fellowship. Find out what it's all about and what people are saying. that fellowship is best, you know, with people of your own age and your own background? Fellowship is vital for growth and in our congregation many people meet during the week in home fellowship groups and benefit greatly from that. And I think it's important to have good Christian friends who can help you through difficult times. To me fellowship starts at the church door, making people welcome when they come in through the door and also at the end of the service uh, lingering long enough to talk to people, to chat to those who are new about the place, to those who have been ill, or to those who haven't been here for a long time. I find fellowship is easiest with people from my own background and point of view. I really enjoy fellowship. It gives me a really good feeling. Not bad, Rodney. That's a good range of opinions. A good start. That's good to know. Now I can focus on the heavyweights. If we were to think back in our own mind's eye as to the times of fellowship that were most intensely important to us, um, perhaps we would think about some time that we were working with a group of other people on a particular project. Uh, it wasn't just as an end in itself. We didn't aim for fellowship, but we were, say, working together on a children's holiday club or catering for an alpha course or working on a project in the community. And then the fellowship uh, was a byproduct, a wonderful byproduct through working together for a higher goal. It was the byproduct of service, not something that we could uh, uh, look for as a goal in itself. The disciples of Jesus uh, enjoyed very close fellowship with each other, but essentially it ar arose out of their working together uh, in Christ's service.
When I arrived here in Seskinor near Oma, I was pretty impressed. Our folk could exit church after morning service in about one minute flat. They were real contenders for the record breakers. And because of this, I find it difficult to get to know people. And that's me as the minister. What must have been like for other folk, new people or quiet people or, or the lonely? Church started at 12 noon and finished a little after 1 p.m. And apart from a few organizations meeting during the week, that hour of formal worship was all the fellowship we had on offer. While our congregation had always been warm and welcoming, outside the time-honored organizations, there were few opportunities for new members to meet, experience, and enjoy deep fellowship with one another. I have been convinced for some time that while preaching and music may bring people into a church, it is fellowship that will keep them there. Ours is a large church with some 740 families claiming connection, and that can be intimidating. Therefore, it is necessary to create opportunities for people to share fellowship with one another. For us in Carlo, one of the great challenges has been trying to integrate a wide spectrum of people into our congregation. We sometimes put it this way. We have Catholic, Protestant, black, white, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, young and old. So how do we see this snapshot of society clearly represented in the everyday life of our local church? I think it's also important that we discover um, what people's gifts and abilities are. Everybody's built differently, and everybody has different gifts and abilities. But it's important that we discover actually what those gifts are, and uh, having identified them, then see where we have opportunity within the life of the church to employ them. Uh, now, there are many gift charts available. For example, CWR produced a very helpful one where we can discover the particular gifts that God has given us, uh, I can think of one of our own um, elders, for example, who recently did one of these charts. Uh, she discovered uh, that her main gift was communication and uh, teaching. But for years she had been coordinating the tea and coffee route and had been finding it a very unpleasant experience. So it was an enormous relief to be able to actually do what she was called and meant to do. After a few months we knew something had to be done and fast. So we introduced three bridge-building events, events which would provide the whole congregation with a reason to meet, get to know each other, laugh, have fun, as families are meant to. The first was a Christmas Cayley, which really worked well in our rural setting. Then we had a youth activity week in Seskinore Forest, which brought lots of people together as helpers and leaders. And at the end of the summer, a congregational weekend away to really spend time together with each other and with God. We have a fellowship committee that is always considering new and better ways of encouraging fellowship among our members. Central to our entire work at present are the LASER, which stands for Love, Learn, Serve and Reach groups, meeting in homes and halls three times each month. While the traditional organizations continue and other new opportunities have emerged, the LASER groups have introduced a new level of sharing with and caring for each other. I, I may be wrong, but I have a sneaking suspicion that for many Presbyterians, fellowship is an area of weakness. We may be relatively good when it comes to worship and evangelism, but we're weak on fellowship. When I think of fellowship in Carlo, I think about tea and coffee after morning worship, midweek Wednesday fellowship when we sing and study the Bible and pray together. I think about social events. I think about church weekends, all good and positive things. 
but we still have much to learn. We haven't succeeded in integrating all who have come across our path. And I think there's scope to explore the potential of small groups for promoting fellowship in the congregation. I think it's also important in these days of disintegration within the family that we have opportunities to develop relationships during the week rather than on Sundays only. We may feel that our congregation is only small or everybody knows everybody else, but it's actually a very daunting thing for a stranger to come into a congregation and all they see is a, a sea of faces, people who know everybody else, and it's very hard to break through. To be able to have small groups during the week that um, uh, people can develop relationships on, on a smaller level, it's extremely important for the overall um, uh, life and witness of the congregation. Very hard for people otherwise to make friends. So it's important that the congregation, congregation gives opportunity for um, small groups to um, function together where people are able to meet in each other's homes. Outsiders are able to get to know a small group of people and therefore become more integrated within the life of the congregation when come together on a Sunday. And if you're to develop small groups, they may be meeting in homes in different locations during the week at times that suit people. But it could be, for example, in, in uh, a morning, if that suits, say, mums with uh, toddlers. Or it could meet, uh, say, at lunchtime. In our own situation, we have a, a fellowship uh, opportunity, a Bible study at lunchtime, on a Friday, Friday lunchtime, for people who are busily working in the city. That's the opportunity they have to come together in order to learn from God's Word, in order to pray together. And it uh, serves as a, as a form of fellowship, which is very vital. Uh, from our experience of these bridge building events and the introduction of other things like prayer triplets, we have learned how to be the church. On the one hand, there is an honesty in many of our members that if they have a problem, they can say so to Christian friends who will listen and pray for them. And on the other hand, when it comes to the mission of the church, people are what old preachers called warmed up. They're so willing to volunteer and get involved. We have discovered the importance of having a Kirk session that exercises very wise and loving leadership. Our leaders must trust the membership and be prepared to loosen the reins in order that these folk, many of them highly gifted spiritually, can exercise their gifts in the fellowship where God has placed them. Fellowship is an area we ignore to our loss. We live in a society in which people are used to increasingly flexible structures of relating to one another. There needs to be the same flexibility provided within the church. We want our church to be a place where there is a space created to allow us as Christians to fellowship one with another and together with God. Fellowship is not simply one thing. Most of all, we need to be seen as a community of love. We want to be thought of as people who are warm and welcoming. I remember seeing quite recently a, a, an item on Sky News. It was talking about county cricket in England. And uh, it was being saying that a lot of people no longer watch cricket in the way that they used to, no longer come to the cricket matches. Now, the county cricket people had a, had a choice. They could lament that nobody was interested in watching their sport anymore, or else they could adapt, they could change, they could think how to make their sport more accessible in terms of the times and uh, they could make the sport more punchy and more accessible. I think it's exactly the same for us within church life as well. We have to adapt in order to meet the needs of where people are at. I suppose we have learned what Acts chapter 2 teaches, that fellowship is the driving force behind mission.
Teams of strangers who don't know each other will never conquer the world. That's why we need churches where people matter and love is real. If the people who, who took the, the notes in the groups were willing to come and, and share a little bit with us, that would be great. Um, Dan, certainly, Dan, could, you, could anybody who, who took notes from their group come out to the front here and we'll just get a bit of a feel very quickly for what different groups said in response to these things. Um, great. So we have two women. That's a marked improvement on no women last week. Uh, let's quickly have a, have a look here and see how we got on with these, these questions. Probably what I'd suggest here is if I start with one person, they'll, they'll be able to get, have free reign, but, but don't repeat ideas that anybody else has already given. That, that'll sort of summarize the thing for us a little bit. So the first question there, Share with others in the group what you see as positive features of fellowship in our congregation. And if you maybe start us off there. Um, we identified some of the positive things as the fact that we are friendly and welcoming and outsiders and newcomers welcome, uh, recognize the congregation as being that. Um, that we have an opportunity to meet each other over a cup of tea after the evening service. Um, that previously were groups mixed with their own age group, there's now more opportunities for interaction with other age groups. Um, and we also noted the fact that in our difference, grace helps us to relate to each other. Um, in addition to what, was, uh, what that group had, we also had the uh, uh, caring in terms of calling, calling for the sick and concern for the, the, the sick. Uh, a great deal of encouragement and interaction in the church, just in terms of the number of people who are taking part in church services these days, and that we also have some specific, quite a few specific group activities that relate to fellowship in terms of we've got the friendship club, the discipleship groups, plus the other social, um, the, the likes of the bowling clubs and stuff that, that go on in the church. There was, a, there was one caveat that we would, want, we would have wanted to add is that um, in the past and possibly it still exists, there can be a tendency to be a little bit clicky as well and that it can be a bit difficult to break into groups. But that was something that we was raised as well on that. Running out of ideas. Uh, but, you know, just probably the most striking thing for the people in our group is still the welcome and the handshake that you get when you come into the church here um, and also the success of the tea and coffee and biscuits at the end of the evening service. Um, certainly, Jude and I were just absolutely overwhelmed uh, by how friendly people were in this church, and I think it's one of the best things that we have going for us at the moment. Definitely scraping the bottom of the barrel, but um, uh, one point that we made in our group was that when you came into the church and somebody asked your name, they remembered it and used it um, from then on, and um, people were very, very impressed by that. That, that's great. Folks, I'm going to leave out the second question because a, a list of numbers probably won't be very interesting for, for any of us to listen to. So passing on to the third question there, it, it's sort of a, a double-barreled question. Do you think it's important that church 
that the church have activities that enable members to get to know each other better and what kinds of activities might work best in our setting. Uh, I'm guessing the answer to the first one is probably yes. In most cases that we do recognize there are things that we can do. Um, but let's, let's hear some ideas that have come out of the group. So I'll, I'll start with Fiona this time. It's, it's actually better to start because you get to say something. Um, well, we started with really a list of social activities. We started by saying the discipleship group weekend was a huge success in terms of getting to know people better. So we had church weekends and holidays suggested as um, one way, church lunches, barbecues and barn dances. We were really getting carried away with all the things we wanted to do in our group. Um, we even had somebody um, volunteering to cook lunches for people midweek. So um, then we went on to talk about prayer squares and discipleship groups as being important things and ways of getting to know one another. Okay, uh, well I think we would have echoed most of that. Um, we also looked back to the video and remembered one of the ministers who said that one of the best ways to enjoy fellowship uh, is when you're actually getting involved in some sort of church activity with people, not fellowship for the sake of fellowship, but uh, you get fellowship out of service or through evangelism so that maybe some of the be best opportunities for fellowship might be when you're serving in the kitchen or uh, maybe cleaning the church or going out and serving members of the community. Um, we were also a bit concerned maybe about some people who would be getting left out um, if we all went off and these ideas of fellowship, you know, the folk who don't stay for the cup of tea after the evening service, uh, those maybe more elderly folk who would be infrequent attenders, um, and wondered about ways that we could get them more involved. Uh, and we thought even, you know, the practical side of giving people lifts, um, maybe to go out into residential or nursing homes. Um, and I know the church that I was at in Scotland, uh, we had a rota where we did a service um, in the residential and nursing homes and how we could support people there. Um, and other ways, uh, at the moment, the visiting, I think, in the church uh, is done in a rather informal way and would probably be quite Christoph-centered at the moment, um, but maybe ways of getting different people in the church uh, involved in formal visiting and going out uh, to meet different members of the community and just making sure that nobody feels neglected or ostracized just because they can't make it down uh, to the church building. And uh, we also talked about having a, a Cayley, uh, maybe at, at Christmas or Burns Night or Easter, um, and just a way of getting everybody of all ages together and maybe have a meal with that too. All of the above. Um, plus, the, there was one... Uh, point that was raised, I think, uh, in, in our group were, was that in terms of young people and teenagers, is a group that is where we don't have huge numbers or anything like that there, but at the minute, but it's an area that we should be looking at and examining how we, how we um, organize for that group of, of members in our, in our church, uh, somewhere that is safe for them to come to, they will feel comfortable, they will, uh, it was a, a couple of people on the, uh, on the video talked about uh, two f uh, the church being somewhere that is two-faced, that sort of thing. Somewhere where teenagers will come and will recognize the honesty of the people who they're dealing with um, and will get to know people, get to know themselves, get to know each other, get to know the other members of the congregation through that sort of activity. 
Um, we'd gone down the cultural route and uh, we talked about um, video club and discussion groups, um, about book groups, and um, we were talking about music and the chance to introduce new songs and new music into our worship. And um, somebody raised the point that it would be interesting to hear people's views on why they like to sing the songs they like to sing and also why they don't like singing some other songs. Um, that, that that would be a way of getting to know each other um, and what, what makes us tick spiritually if we uh, were, were able to tap into to music in that way. Very good. I, I'm just looking here at a question four and it strikes me that the things that I've written down look like just more of the same to question three. Um, practical changes that we could make to improve fellowship within our congregation. I've just written down another list of things that we could do. I hope, I hope you've maybe done better in your groups. Um, Anna, I'll, I'll start off with you again this time. So practical changes that could be made to improve fellowship in our congregation. Um, we suggested it would be useful to do an audit of skills and talents um, that we have in the congregation and find out what's out there and what people have to offer. Um, we had a wee bit of discussion about moving pews or moving some pews at the back um, that to enable people to circulate a little bit more easily around the church um, and maybe to have an, a little area at the back there where... Um, there would be a space to linger for people um, just to, to help fellowship in that way. Uh, I, I think one of the main things that came out from, one of the main suggestions that came out from our group was uh, because the, of the success of this, the tea and coffee after the evening service, that there should be some form of social gathering not a regular thing, <clears throat> as in every Sunday, but uh, maybe once a month or something like that. There are on special occasions a social gathering after the Sunday morning service because there are it's a different set of people. There are, are, are obviously some some people come out to both services, but the morning service is obviously there are a lot more people and obviously a lot more young people and families would come out to the morning service, and that sort of gathering after a morning service would probably be very beneficial. Yeah, well, I was in Christoph's group, so you've heard pretty much all of our good stuff. But um, we did wonder, you know, there's this church for maybe a lot of years has had 20, 30 core members um, to whom a lot of responsibility has fallen. And, you know, they've been doing a lot of things within the church. How do we get other people uh, who maybe still see those 20, 30 people core members as the ones who will have the responsibility, how do we get them interested and get them enthusiastic um, about taking on sort of responsibilities and various roles within the church and, you know, it fit in with your idea of the sort of skills audit and just seeing where people's gifts lie um, because we like this idea that when we're serving, uh, then that's when we get the best fellowship. So we don't want to leave people out of that. Um, the only thing different that we had would be um, a suggestion that we would be encouraged to shake hands and say hello to people on a Sunday morning where we're sitting. Um, but 
as part of that we thought then we would need to encourage people to sit in different places otherwise we'd always be saying hello and shaking hands with the same people um, so that was our only different idea thanks a lot folks you can take your seats and we're we're pretty much finished here I, I better say what I said last week just so that that we're not misunderstood here not everything that we said tonight will happen and it won't all happen in the incoming week um, but that doesn't mean that this this discussion hasn't been important um, we need to take time to, to look at these things by the way the the four sheets if, if I could have those um, they'll be very useful to me as, as we look to the future in the congregation here uh, as, as you know or, or you may know one of the things that we've started doing here in the congregation is starting up working groups who can help us uh, to take a bit of the pressure from Kirk's session to do all the creative thinking, working groups of people who are particularly gifted in an area who can help us to find our way forward. We already have a, a small working group working on worship, and we hope to have groups for discipleship, fellowship, evangelism, and service in the long run. So this kind of stuff would be very interesting to them uh, uh, when we have a, a fellowship working group. It'd be lovely for me to be able to hand them some stuff and say, these are, these are ideas that have come from the, the congregation and, and a great starting place for us. Thanks for your time this evening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, let me pray and we'll be free to go. Father God, you have made us for you, and you've made us for each other. Lord, we live in a world that denies both of those things, a world that says there is no God, and if there is, we don't want to know, and a world where we are being told that the, the highest priority we could possibly have is to have a, an individually satisfying life to have the right level of things that we want and to have our privacy to enjoy them. Lord, your gospel cuts across all of this. It says that life is to be shared. Lord, we pray that you would begin to help us. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful encouragements that we are finding these days in these areas. Lord, help us not to, to be content with that but to enjoy what you've given us and to look for more, more of you and more in each other. Lord, we thank you for your love for us, and we pray your blessing on us as we go now. Amen. Thank you.